Yeah, so much Democrat indictment excitement. Oh, boy, he's really going to get indicted on these flimsy, ridiculous, no-merit charges. They are thrilled. Um, they shouldn't be, actually. They are setting themselves up, themselves up, for a great big disaster. And they're harming our country. I'll get to that in a little bit. But I've seen a lot of things in my life, and I don't think I've ever seen something so brutal, so savage, and so ugly as this brawl in some San Francisco mall. Take a look. I, uh, I should have warned you, actually. Sorry about that. I mean, they are beating this kid. I mean, this is, this is attempted murder in my book. I've never quite seen anything like it. I've been to war. And I've never seen anything like this. And what's happening? What is happening? I, I didn't know. I had to find out. Is this from two years ago? Sometimes those videos go viral late. No, happened very recently. And it's a big problem all across the country. But this one happened in San Francisco. And here's their local report on the matter. A violent brawl inside a Bay Area Target store is caught on video. This was at the Stonestown Gallery in San Francisco. You can see kids aggressively punch, kick, and slap a young man in the green jacket. The person tries to get away, but the crowd follows and continues to attack. Another video shows a girl going after another, violently pulling on her despite a security guard trying to pull her away. And then there's this, countless teens just pummeling one another inside the mall's common area. All of these, according to the San Francisco Police Department, happening between Wednesday and Friday of last week. Motive, what led up to these altercations are all part of our investigation. Okay, everybody's being politically correct when they talk about this, by the way, the reporters, this guy. Um, Cell phones, by the way, I noticed so many people have these cell phones and they're on TikTok all day long. This is some, this is, this is like a nuclear bomb. This is a dangerous, dangerous thing. And may I see the video of the first fight, if you don't mind. Everyone's holding back, but I could not help but notice that the victim here seems to be um, Caucasian or possibly Asian. And the assailants seem to be primarily African-American. I noticed that that's not mentioned. It's actually not mentioned at all through the report. Race cannot be mentioned. But it's obviously a major, major factor. And it's no surprise we shouldn't be shocked because of all the ghost stories that have been told about race in our country and the systemically racist place and all the white supremacy. Is it any surprise that children may have fallen prey to some of that noxious stuff, the lies? But when it's a white suspect, obviously, obviously, have at it. Here's a suspect, okay? He's a 21-year-old white man. This 21-year-old white male mass murderer. The suspect is believed to be 18 to 20, a white male. Police identified the alleged shooter as a 15-year-old white male. The suspect in custody is white. Police say a 28-year-old white male carrying two handguns crashed a stolen truck into a building. It's humanizing the shooter once again. Yeah, and well. can I point out that the shooter is a white man who is alive after they knew that he had killed eight people. I think Gail would have preferred that that guy got killed by the police. Just instant justice. What is happening here? 
this demonizing of this, this word, white, as if anything white is somehow evil or at the very least uncool, let's face it, not hip, right? Not fashionable right now. Why? Possibly an effort to undermine our Constitution, because you know who wrote it, all those white men, and they had so many slaves, right? Slavery did happen. We corrected for that. We had a war over that. We had a civil rights movement. But no, we're going to have this hideously stupid conversation about race to avoid having an important one, a significant one, one that Barack Obama at one point wanted to have. He did. He wanted to talk about fathers in the African-American community and how too many of them were AWOL, too many of them were MIA. But instead, he just decided to be cool, show up every now and then, shoot a few hoops for a photo op, and then back on the jet, back on his private jet. What a selfish, selfish man. So much potential, so much prestige, so much power, so much money, so many connections. This guy could still lead that conversation because apparently he could say things that I can't, but I will. I will. It's too bad. It's too bad that he is not using his platform, but I will use mine. It's the least I can do. I really do care, and I know you do too, no matter what you look like, no matter what your race, okay? People who believe in America look like all different kinds of people, right? We don't all look alike. I hate that whole thing. Somebody who looks like me or somebody that's, we're having a hideously stupid conversation about race in America to avoid having an uncomfortable one. And unfortunately, people are dying in the process, young lives, and they just want to talk about everything that's silly. What can you do? What can you do? I got to talk about this now. Uh, the Democrat indictment excitement. Something else, it's a, another foolish conversation to avoid having an important one, right? Because Ashley Babbitt was shot and killed, murdered, in my opinion. Um, the officer involved there hasn't been charged with anything. In fact, they gave him a medal. Joe Biden has just been credibly accused of taking $3 million from the Communist Party of China. This has all kinds of ramifications. I mean, the, the national security, the risk to national security. And no one, no one seems to care. What has happened to this society? What's going on? This behavior, by the way, shoplifting, you want to steal something? Go for it. It's been effectively legalized in our culture. And I have to go back to that horrible, hideous beatdown in that mall in San Francisco one more time. This is all over the place, right? But it goes unremarked upon because we know the real threat to America. MAGA, right? Make America great again. And all those reports from the intelligence community about things they're hearing on the Internet, what MAGA wants to do next. In New York, police officers told to be in uniform and ready for deployment. So far, officials say there are no credible threats despite online chatter calling for civil war if Trump is indicted. The Institute for Strategic Dialogue, which monitors the online activity of extremist groups, tells us Trump's words have triggered calls for violence, even civil war. Any specific examples, anyone? 
Who had this, this group, this liberal research group has, where are the tweets? Who's talking about this stuff? You see how they try to besmirch us, how they try to stigmatize us? That's not who we are. That's not what we're talking about. And by the way, the cops know. The cops know what's up. Do they look like they're on high alert? Is something horrible about to happen? No. And did you see this, by the way? Um, of all the protesters, there were two, two anti-Trump protesters. Anti-Trump. Yet look at the media. Watch this. They're outnumbered about, I don't know, 401. <laughs> wow, huh? Just trying to stir the pot. That's what they do. All right. So what is Donald Trump uh, in trouble for here? Oh, yes. The the check, the check. So Donald Trump uses his own money to pay his own lawyer for legal expenses. He wrote down legal expenses. You pay your lawyer money, legal expenses. It was a legal matter. And that's a crime. Obviously, it's not. It's obvious. This is this is what they do, though. They lie. And they try to make it seem as seedy as possible. New developments in the high-profile Manhattan grand jury investigation of a hush money payment made by former President Donald Trump to adult film actress Stormy Daniels. A Manhattan grand jury hearing from more key witnesses as it weighs whether Mr. Trump should face charges in a hush money investigation. Trump could be charged for his alleged role in hush money payments to adult film star Stormy Daniels. Ooh, hush money, hush money, hush money. It sounds so, I don't know, sounds so kind of like a, from a soap opera. It sounds cheesy, hush money. Anyway, uh, other people call them non-disclosure agreements, and they are incredibly common. Uh, Mike Bloomberg issued a whole bunch of them. Uh, no big deal. Although Elizabeth Warren seemed to have a problem with it. How about, uh, oh, yeah, uh, the Weinstein. Remember Harvey Weinstein? He's in jail now. But for a long time, he was a Democrat hero and was known to sign those NDAs all the time. So who's making a, not a federal case out of it, a state case, may actually want to bring it to trial? Uh, Alvin Bragg, our crazy as... <laughs> you know what, um, uh, district attorney here in New York County. Now, the fake news, they're trying to legitimize this guy. Uh, big profile in the Politico. They love that in the D.C. area. Uh, by the book D.A. You see that? By the book D.A. He's not a by the book D.A. unless that book is uh, Mao's Little Red Book or the Communist Handbook. Take a look. This guy is so political. They try to say he's not. For those who know Bragg, it is precisely his deliberative nature and lack of interest in politics that may help insulate him as he goes up against Trump, who built his business reputation and presidency by bullying, blah, 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 blah. This guy is ultra, ultra political. One of his tweets. Oh, by the way, uh, MAGA loves the black people. Trump just said that on live TV. He's a racist and absolutely terrible. Uh, I think this DA is absolutely terrible. And he's going in a place where he should not be going. By the way, what kind of law enforcement officer gets into law enforcement? And the DA is law enforcement um, and doesn't like cops. I've, I've looked. We've searched. Never a positive word about law enforcement. He's a defunder. Defund the police. Alvin Bragg still carries the pain and humiliation of his first encounter with police more than 30 years ago. They realized I'd done nothing wrong. That was my very first 
uh, interaction with the police. I went home to my parents, and I was ready to crawl into the bed. And they said, no, we, you know, we, 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 we fight. Growing up in Harlem, I had a gun pointed at me six times, three by the NYPD during lawless searches. I think the biggest issues are, really, I just start with those six gunpoint stops. Three of them were by the police, mm -hmm. and I think we've got to work on police accountability. I'm doing that, representing Eric Garner's mother now in the case. We've got to shift the money, um, take it from the police budget, put it into the communities. That is textbook defund the police. That's the apolitical. He doesn't, he's insulated from politics. This is the guy who's bringing the case potentially against Donald Trump. It's dangerous. It's crazy. And oh, by the way, when he's not being ultra political, I think he's, he's a danger to women. Absolutely. These kinds of policies for women, the victims of, who are, become victims of sexual violence, this is a real problem. We need culture change. We need an office uh, that is going to uh, not look at a case involving uh, sexual assault from the perspective of can we, quote, win this case, but to center the trauma of those who are survivors of sexual assault. Winning this case is not something he's interested in when it comes to those accused of sexual assault. That's, uh, that's a problem. The victim's rights and protection, that's very, very important. But what about everybody else in society who would like to have some distance between those guilty of sexual assault? A conviction. We like those convictions. Um, he's also a proponent of something called restorative justice, where uh, the person who is the victim actually has a meeting with the accused and see if they can work it out in some non-judicial way. Do we really want to put women in that position? I don't think so. All right. So he's hassling President Trump and also ruining the quality of life here in New York City. We're going to talk about an incident from this summer where a homeless person called my dad used to run homeless shelters, so it really speaks to me, was arrested on a train allegedly for taking up two seats. That's preposterous. Uh, you know, I've had friends arrested for things like that, family members for you know, low-level things that have absolutely nothing to do with public safety. Hey, your family is your problem. I don't care. If you, that's your, and your friends, if your friends are sleeping on the subway like this, uh, this is illegal. We don't want it here. And you should be arrested for this. And by the way, if you don't arrest, big things, bad things happen. Worse things can happen. It's called the broken windows theory. The little things are important. If you ignore the little things and let them fester, then big things could come. If you can just sleep on the subway, maybe you can hold people up on the subway, right? If you can smoke a cigarette, why not smoke a joint? Why not inject? On and on and on. Broken windows. At this point, it is a rule of thumb. used to be a rule of thumb in the law enforcement world. But back to that check that Donald Trump wrote with his own money and gave to his own lawyer. You know, I've looked at it front and back, and I, I know their theory, but really, that's what it is, okay? He wrote a check to his own lawyer, and his own lawyer is a valid con. It's, it, there's nothing, nothing wrong here. They are lying. They are bending over backwards. They are committing a fraud themselves by trying to send him to jail or convict him or take him out of the presidential race here, right? Now, some of them actually know that. Deep in their heart, they know that. They still have hope, though, for what's coming down the pike. I think it's fair to say, I think everybody would agree that the Georgia and uh, DOJ investigations are much more serious than this one. And they believe if they focus on this, 
it then diminishes the impact of the two more serious cases that are hanging over his head. The investigation in Georgia over election interference. Yeah, the investigation in Georgia. Um, remember that little girl the, who we met a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, right, her. She was, <laughs> this is not a serious case. I know they like to pretend it is. I want to go to the essence of it right now. Here is the crime. Donald, you know, when you run for office, you're allowed to call the officials and complain about how they ran the election. It's a matter of free speech. Do you think this is a crime? I want to find uh, 11,780 votes, which is one more that we have, because we won the state. I only need 11,000 votes. Fellas, I need 11,000 votes. Give me a break. Yeah, he needed 11,000 votes to win that election. He needed and he wanted, he wanted those. He need, you're allowed to say, that's true. These are statements of fact, and they're trying to make this. A, it's, uh, I feel sorry for him. I really do. He should not, but this is an attack on all of us. Oh, by the way, he threatened Georgia election officials, right? And you're going to find that they are, which is totally illegal. It's, it's, it's more illegal for you than it is for them, because you know what they did, and you're not reporting it. That's a, you know, that's a criminal that's a criminal offense. And, and, you know, you can't let that happen. That's, that's a big risk to you and to Ryan, your lawyer. That's a big risk. The president is allowed to have an opinion. You know, they keep saying that the president's the most powerful person in the world and he was applying pressure. Well, if those guys can't take it, maybe they're in the wrong business. These are statements of his opinion and some are statements of fact. And as an American citizen, you don't lose your rights when you're president of the United States. Alan Dershowitz, one of my favorites, he made it quite clear on this show that this Atlanta case is even stupider. Is that a word? I love it. Than the New York case. There's no way that phone call is the basis for indictment. The dictionary definition of fine means if something's lost, you have to look for it, look hard. That's what he was saying. Uh, there are votes out there that haven't been counted. I want you to find them. He never said invent them. He never said make them up out of whole cloth. Um, you can't just speculate about what he means and base a criminal prosecution on that. So there's no way there could be a successful criminal prosecution that would be upheld on appeal based on that phone call alone. Based on that phone call alone, it's exculpatory, all right? So that's the most serious case. He's probably the best lawyer in the world, by the way, Alan Dershowitz. And this check for his lawyer, forget about the porn star for a moment, okay? It was given to Michael Cohen, Michael Cohen. Big mistake ever getting mixed up with that guy, but he's free and clear. He is. And I predict he won't be indicted. How's that? I'll be right back. I understand that there's going to be give and take. That's the way the press briefing has gone for, for decades before me. And I will always, always respect that. But what I will not, what I will not appreciate is disrespecting your colleagues and disrespecting guests who are here to talk, who I, were here. I know I heard something like this in the fourth grade. She seems like a fourth grade teacher, very much so. Karine Jean-Pierre. Uh, from time to time, they have to bring in the assistant principal, all right? She's the fourth grade teacher. This guy is the assistant principal. 
Kind of looks a little game showy, right? A little bit like the game show host. Maybe not. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what people, uh, how people dress. But uh, when it comes to substance, when it comes to getting in touch, say, with the leader of North Korea, who may want to do us harm, what's the deal there? Speaking of open lines of communication, we're seeing North Korea continue to fire off projectiles. Is it still accurate yeah. to say there's been no contact between the Biden administration and North Korea? Not for lack of trying and not for lack of interest, Caitlin. We, we maintain that we would still, uh, without precondition, uh, be willing to sit down and, uh, with, with the North Korean regime and try to find a, a diplomatic way uh, to reduce the nuclear tensions on the peninsula and to see the verifiable denuclearization uh, of, uh, of North Korea. But they have yet to show any interest in that whatsoever, any communication whatsoever. Well, why don't you call President Trump and ask him how we did it, huh? How President Trump broke through and met with the leader of that very faraway place, huh? How did he do it? Kim Jong-un and the president of North Korea. And there is President Trump in North Korea. These guys can't even get him on the phone. Not for lack of trying. We'd love to sit down, but we can't seem to work it out. They are inept. They're not. They are. It's no contest. Our guy's better. What about uh, the other key person in the world, President Xi of China? On the phone call between President Biden and President Xi, what is the holdup here? It, it, you all seem interested in, in talking. Are the Chinese not interested? No holdup. No holdup at all. Um, uh, we want to make sure when we have this conversation, it's at the it's at, at the appropriate time and in the right context. Uh, President Xi's been kind of busy of late. Yeah, no kidding. Meeting with Putin. Uh, meeting with Putin and uh, making us look like, I don't know, side players, not very important, not very relevant. I do remember rather vividly when Joe Biden bragged about how tight he was with President Xi. And now the Biden administration can't get him on the phone. This is another matter that they should take up with uh, President Trump. President Trump hosted President Xi in Mar-a-Lago. And let me tell you something, that impressed President Xi. You can actually kind of tell. I mean, that was his house, not the White House, that he had that decades ago. And it made an impression. And you know what else made an impression? While President Xi was there, Donald Trump, coincidentally, ordered missile strikes into Syria. Uh, do you remember that? In April of 2017. Just kind of did it during dessert actually, while he was eating dessert right in front of President Xi. I was sitting at the table. We had finished dinner. We're now having dessert. And we had the most beautiful piece of chocolate cake that you've ever seen. And President Xi was enjoying it. And I was given the message from the generals that the ships are locked and loaded. What do you do? And we made a determination to do it. So the missiles were on the way. And I said, Mr. President, let me explain something to you. This is during dessert. We've just fired 59 missiles, all of which hit, by the way, unbelievable from, you know, hundreds of miles away. That's, uh, that's something else. That sends a message to the world and to President Xi. Don't mess with us. Now, they don't even have to answer our phone calls. It's crazy. Hey, by the way, we have this, and it came in late last night, but President Trump addressing head-on all this nonsense about the 
apparent indictment that may be in the works in New York. These four horrible, radical left Democrat investigations of your all-time favorite president, me, is just a continuation of the most disgusting witch hunt in the history of our country. It's gone on forever with Russia, 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 and Ukraine, 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 and the Mueller hoax. It's an absolute disgrace what's going on. They even spied on my campaign. And remember this, with all of the work that they did on Mueller, no collusion. That's what the answer was, was all no collusion. Whether it's the Mar-a-Lago raid or the unselect committee hoax, the perfect Georgia phone call, it was absolutely perfect, or the stormy horse Daniels extortion plot, they're all sick, and it's fake news. Our enemies are desperate to stop us because they know that we are the only ones who can stop them, and they know it very strongly. And they're looking at the polls where not me, but we are up by so much. They can't even believe it. We won twice, and now we've got to win a third time. They know that we can defeat them. They know that we will defeat them. But they're not coming after me. They're coming after you. I'm just standing in their way, and I always will stand in their way. Thank you very much. These are very, very effective. And by the way, they're hard to find. If you're not on Truth Social, and let's face it, not most people aren't on Truth Social, these are hard to find. I wonder why. Hey, stay with us. From one of the great presidents to one of the worst, Jimmy Carter, who totally bungled the Iranian hostage situation. It was a disaster and a disgrace. But now they're trying to rehabilitate Carter. Say it wasn't his fault. It was a Republican sabotage operation that hurt the hostages. Uh, we'll be right back with that. Hey guys, it's Carson. The madness was upon us. Make your march a money maker with my bookie. Getting started is easy. Visit my bookie online at mybookie.website/newsmax. Use the promo code newsmax to receive a deposit bonus up to one thousand bucks. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance to win big money. If you're the type of person who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at a life-changing amount of money. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and win like MyBookie. Remember, visit MyBookie online at mybookie.website slash Newsmax. Use the promo code Newsmax to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. That's mybookie.website slash Newsmax. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. All right, there's Jimmy Carter, one of the worst presidents ever, uh, clearly. No leadership ability whatsoever. He's always making people feel bad about America, and he was always screwing things up. But the fake news wants us to believe that he would have been reelected if it had not been for some behind the scenes monkey business from Team Reagan. Total fake news. A four decade secret one man story of sabotaging Carter's reelection. Well, it comes down to this. Uh, remember the Iranian hostage crisis? how this country was brought to its knees by those radicals in Iran. They took over our embassy, held our guys hostage for 444 days. It was a huge issue, of course, for America and 
In the campaign, I mean, Ronald Reagan was running for president. This was in the backdrop, and it, uh, it came up a lot. Uh, now they're telling us that people loyal to Ronald Reagan were convincing the Iranians to not let the hostages go, to keep them in custody because it would help Reagan and the Iranians would get a better deal in the end. Um, the Reagan forces said to be afraid of a, an October surprise. Jimmy Carter bringing home the hostages at the last minute could have helped him get elected or reelected. Bad chance. I don't believe any of this. And the story is coming from a guy named Bob Barnes, a prominent Democrat in Texas. He was very tight with Lyndon Johnson. Uh, this guy made $30 million as a lobbyist at one point. Anyway, uh, there's Barnes on the left. The guy in the middle is John Conley. Uh, he was Secretary of the Treasury under Richard Nixon. And uh, the guy on the right is Anwar Sadat. Everybody looks uh, kind of happy, right? This seems kind of casual almost. Well, this is what Mr. Barnes says uh, was discussed, that this meeting and several others like it with other Middle East leaders was to deliver a blunt message to be passed to Iran. Don't release the hostages before the election. Mr. Reagan will win and give you a better deal. Wow. Can you imagine that message being delivered? I mean... We wanted our guys home as soon as possible. I don't believe this story. I mean, look at the picture, right? Would you allow a photograph to be taken if you were actually delivering that message? I don't think so. I don't think so at all. Um, by the way, Jimmy Carter, one of the reasons why he lost, and it was before this picture was taken, by the way, is the debacle in the desert in Iran. Remember the rescue mission? It was a catastrophe. Uh, we lost, I believe, eight Marines in that operation. And it was, well, poorly planned, poorly executed, in large part because Jimmy Carter insisted that all the services, Army, Navy, Air Force, everybody had to be involved. Jimmy Carter blew it. Um, and the morning show over there um, on MSNBC, they really think that this story is true and Jimmy Carter would have been reelected had this not happened. I'm so glad he finally came out with this story. If we had had that story, it would have exploded everything. The hostages were the key. Mm. The, the nightly news, the night, well, Rinkin knows this, the night before the 1980 election, the lead story on the major networks, and we had to give this to Carter when he got back on the plane. The leading story was the hostage, 365 days of the hostage crisis. That was the story. The presidential election was the next day. It was not only the second story. It was the hugest story in the world. And it's just unimaginable what we would have done with this news, and we didn't get it when it mattered. Well, it's fake news, um, Chris, so don't work yourself up. And we had already seen Jimmy Carter for four years. We knew he was a failure, and we wanted him gone. All right? Be right back. So, protesters at the courthouse, you know, they've been warning about civil war and all the stuff that could happen. They were two anti-Trump supporters, two. Outnumbered by the media, what, 300 to one? The whole thing is a complete 
farce. Obviously, obviously, but do they have the nerve? Does this DA have the nerve, the gall to indict Donald Trump? Congressman Byron Donalds joins us, Republican from Florida, one of our heroes. He's on the House Small Business Committee, House Oversight Committee, and the House Budget Committee. Welcome back, sir. How are you? It's good to be back with you. How are you doing? I'm worried. <laughs> and you, you, uh, you're, you're close to Trump world. I've got a few contacts as well. I'm hoping that this doesn't happen. It didn't happen today like Donald Trump. What are you hearing? He said it would. Maybe this is maybe this guy is seeing the light. Maybe Bragg is not going to go ahead. Any any chance? Uh, right now, I just don't know. Uh, this should not happen. Let, let's be very clear. What Alvin Bragg is doing is trying to take an issue from 2016, where the statute of limitation, if it was criminal, which it's not, but if it was criminal, have long since expired. He's trying to move that into some felony charge, um, which doesn't hold water at all, because he made a campaign promise that he was going to get Trump. That's what this is. This is all politics. Instead of Alvin Bragg doing his job, which is prosecuting criminal behavior in the city of New York, where New Yorkers are being victimized left and right. He's worried about Donald Trump. Even the NYPD is shaking their head right now because they're like, we're arresting a bunch of guys. Why don't you go ahead and do that? He wants to focus on getting Trump. This should not happen. This is a, a gross abuse of the criminal justice system. Well, he doesn't seem to like cops. He doesn't seem to like traditional law enforcement. Uh, he doesn't think most people who usually go to jail should be going to jail. A lot of these woke prosecutors really, I'm sorry, they don't seem to like America very much. They think it's an inherently racist, systemically racist place. And a lot of them came in to blow up the system, and that seems to be what he's doing. You have that problem down there in Florida? Oh, no, we don't have that problem in Florida, uh, mostly in part because our governor doesn't tolerate it. We had one guy in Orlando that got elected. I think it was Orlando, Orlando or Tampa, whatever the, the city was. Um, and he was quickly removed by the governor because in our state, we take uh, law and order seriously. If there's a DA who runs for office, and doesn't actually do his job, we have a governor that'll sit them down and bench them, as it should be. Look, whenever these district attorneys run anywhere in the country, their campaign ads aren't, we're not going to enforce the law. That's not what they do. And so when they actually hold the office and don't enforce the law, uh, that's problematic for the safety of the people they're supposed to represent. So when these other states, like New York, the governor should hold them accountable, not sit back and watch them basically ignore the law and then abuse it for political purposes. So overall, uh, let's hope Donald Trump gets through this. It's obviously a frivolous case. It's beyond frivolous. They want to. But stepping aside from stepping back from Donald Trump, overall, the country seems to be in a very precarious place. And I am worried um, should we be hopeful? Are, am I getting this wrong? I mean, there's so many divisions. Uh, the transgender debate is hideous. The silly conversation that's taking place about race instead of a serious one. TikTok taking over children's lives. I just feel like it's all slipping away right now, Congressman. Uh, yeah, I have the same concerns, but I think a lot of the American people are done with the crazy stuff. Like right now, it's, this is not even like Republican versus Democrat. This is Republican versus crazy. I mean, some of the stuff that the radical left is talking about is just insane. You mentioned it with the gender stuff, indoctrinating children. You know, you have people on the radical left who now say a two-year-old 
can decide that they want to change their gender. I mean, how insane is that? All a two-year-old is concerned with is getting a cookie and not <laughs> wanting to use the potty. Like, you know, they don't want to use the potty. They still want to go in their pants. That's what two-year-olds are doing, not worrying about changing their, 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 their gender. But it's bigger than that. It's making sure we have a sound economy, not being worried about ESG policy and banks and all of the crazy stuff, having real interest rates, having hard work and determination be the driving forces of our country, not woke ideology and this equity formula, which will never work because you have to take from the productive sectors of our of our economy to give to other people who just haven't been as productive. Well, That's not black or white or right or wrong. That's just the facts of human nature. Human so we got to get back to the main thing being the main thing. But so much of corporate America, so much of academia, so much of our culture is buying into this uh, horrible, noxious stuff. But after talking to you, I am more hopeful. Congressman Byron Donalds, thank you very much again. Republican of Florida. To be continued, sir, we'll be right back. So, Joe Biden doesn't have the same spring in his step lately. Have you noticed this? Remember that fake jog? I haven't seen it in a while. I do believe because he knows the truth is coming out about him. You know, that Congressional Oversight Committee established that (laughs) the Bidens received over a million dollars. And when confronted with that, he literally backed away. We're joined now by Greg Hartley, body language expert, behavior expert, former Army interrogator and author, and he's written two great books on this topic. We'll get to those in a little bit. Uh, Greg Hartley, welcome. How are you? Great, Greg. How are you? Good to be here. Terrific. Many thanks. Uh, I want to go back to the fall of 2020. Joe was feeling large and in charge. Everybody's protecting him, um, except Donald Trump. An extraordinary moment in the debate. Uh, Take a look. I don't make money from China. You do. I don't make money from Ukraine. You do. I don't make money from Russia. You made three and a half million dollars, Joe. And your son gave you. They even have a statement that we have to give 10 percent to the big man. You're the big man, I think. I don't know. Maybe you're not. But you're the big man, I think. Your son said we have to give 10 percent to the big man. Joe, what's that all about? It's terrible. And did you see that? Did you see when Joe heard the only one making China, you're making money in China, and he goes back, his face, his eyes go wide open. Whoa. <laughs> um, Mr. Hartley, what's happening here? Yeah, so we've been watching Joe Biden for 100 years is the lucky thing. So we get a good baseline for who he is. And he has really two attack modes, two postures that he takes at all times. One of those is now look. And that's him looking straight down the camera and telling you how it's going to be. And there's a whole lot of body language associated. The others, come on, man. And his forehead moves so much asking for approval that even his ears rise. He does both of those when he is trying to defend against something with facts. We don't see that here, number one. That makes me made me immediately say, well, something's up here when he's away from baseline. I also noticed that exaggerated thing you're talking about with his head back. That's a way, that's sarcasm. That's a way to deflect its overreaction so that you think that everybody across the stage can see it. There's a whole lot more in here, but I won't keep going. I'll wait and see what you have to say to that. Okay, I mean, I know what you mean. He's doing it for effect. Like, can you believe this guy? He's crazy. He's nuts, not me. But now that we know he was taking money, do you see anything else or his family was getting money, a million dollars established by the Oversight Committee? That we know probably goes to him, but we haven't established that yet. But we know. Uh, Do you see any deception going on? Can I see it one more time? What do you see? Deception is hard because 
He's not asked the question he has to respond to, and you need to be put on notice so that you respond. That right there is not his normal. When he has an answer for something, he does that big toothy grin, and he chuckles under his breath. And even when he rolls his head away and breaks eye contact, he'll chuckle under his breath. That's missing. When we're looking for something that's a smoking gun, we're looking for deviation from baseline, and we're seeing a different face than we would usually see if he was attacking something else. When he talks about $3.5 million in this clip, you'll see him do a tongue jet where he pushes his tongue through his mouth. We associate that with rejection, but in his case, I think it's primarily because it's an adapter, a way to release nervous energy. And then finally, if you'll watch him, when his lips get really tight and straight, his left eye starts to shrink. You're a military guy, you know what dominant eye is. And your dominant eye is primarily the one you do data intake with. And as we get more pressure and feel more negative about things, that dominant eye will start to close to eliminate that threat. The dominant eye will start to close to eliminate. So he wants to shoot the guy? <laughs> Yeah, well, no, he might. That might be part of it. All right, we're only kidding. Um, he's just evaluating information. All right, let's take a look. Now we it's been established. I mean, this oversight committee, the media is downplaying it, but it's a big deal. $3 million to that pass-through account. Joe was asked about it the other day at the White House, on the White House lawn. Let's watch that exchange and what he does after. Any reactions to how she will be to memo about your family dealings, sir? Yes, you're um, revealing that um, Hunter Biden's business associate sent over a million dollars to three of your family members. Any reactions to that report? And he just backs up. That's the part that I found interesting. It was like, number one, it wasn't much of a denial, and he walks backwards. Sir, what do you make? Yeah, a couple of things. You're right. He's walking away. He's escaping that for sure. He's backing up. And he even crowdsources his rescue as he looks for the other reporter and turns to him to go for a rescue. So he wants away from the situation. Interestingly, I don't think he really understood the question until he got really close because you see confusion and perplexed in his forehead where his, his um, brow is knitted. He licks his lips when we're thinking. We often do that. When all that is going on, his mouth is hanging open. That's usually confusion as we're in data intake. As he gets closer, his eyes go into stare, into wide open as he's trying to intake data from her. If he were stressed about what she's asking, you'd see his blink rate increase. And I think there's a second stage where he does realize what she's asking. His eyes engage, they look more focused, and as he does blink, and then he backs away from the question. So bottom line, overall, do you think Joe Biden is, you know, he senses the danger about these investigations and there's a Republican majority and they're, you know, they're getting the data, they're getting the receipts, they're getting information. Do you sense that Joe is aware and is nervous? Oh, I sure do. Yeah, this I think if he were in any other situation where he knew there was nothing and he was not afraid, I think he would do what he typically does. Now, look, come yeah. on, man, those strategies that he used his whole career and he's not using them. It's amazing. Greg Hartley, great stuff. By the way, your books, uh, they're classics now. How to Spot a Liar, uh, Why People Don't Tell the Truth and How You Can Catch Them, and also uh, the most dangerous business book you'll ever read. Curious about that, but we got to go. Greg Hartley, we appreciate it very much. Many thanks. I'll be back tomorrow.